Welcome to Real Success with Steve Dennis. You are now tuned in to another episode of Real Success. This is the podcast where we share inspiring stories based on relationships, encouragement, attitude, and the leading of self. We're so glad you can join us. And now, here's your host, Steve Dennis. Hello, and welcome to Real Success with Steve Dennis. I am so excited that you've joined me on this podcast. And today, you know, as I've shared with you before, that um, what I've done with the title of this podcast is taking the word real and using the word real as an acronym. So the R stands for relationship, the E, encouragement, the A, uh, your attitude, and of course, the L, your leadership. And so today I'm excited. I want to share with you um, a teaching on this, on the L, okay, <laughs> on leadership. And so um, I, the title for this part, this episode is very simply the making of a leader. And I'm excited to share it with you because there's some backstories of my life um, and my journey that uh, was part of the making aspect of my leadership and of me being a leader. And uh, I just believe that some of the principles and tips and techniques I'm going to share today will be inspiring for you to recognize your own journey as well. Okay. And uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, you know, for, so I have two definitions for leadership today. The first one. Very simply, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Okay, and what I mean by the making of a leader, check this quote out from Warren Bennis. He's Bennis, he says, The most dangerous leadership myth is that leaders are born, that there is a genetic factor to leadership. That's nonsense, says Bennis. In fact, the opposite is true. Leaders are made rather than born. Okay. Now, <laughs> there's two different arguments on that story, okay? Because the bottom line is this. I mean, you know, uh, whoever is a leader, you have to be born, right? But the making of your leadership uh, is a thing that that piece, that, um, that process rather that you went through uh, that you had to kind of grow through to become the leader that you are today. And so, when I, you know, so I was born December the 7th, 1965, but I wasn't born a leader. I had to develop that and grow through it. And so, you, you know, as well as I do that the making of a leader, that oftentimes we have, um, uh, you know, learned some principles of leadership by watching other leaders model that influence right before us. Okay. My second definition for leadership is this. Leadership is cultivating in people today a future willingness on their part to follow you into something new for the sake of something great. Oh, I know you're probably saying, Steve, give that to me again. And I sure will. <laughs> leadership is cultivated in people today a future willingness on their part to follow you into something new for the sake of something great. Oh my goodness, my friend. So think about that with your own leadership journey and how you can take that thought and apply it to where you are right now in leading. 
Because again, yeah, we're talking about, it's so important, the making of a leader. Brian Tracy said this, become the kind of leader that people would follow voluntarily, even if you had no title or position. And one of the best ways you and I can do that, the first step of the making of a leader is this, and that is to know your own strengths and your weaknesses. Know what you're good at and know what you're not good at, okay? What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And I remember growing up and again, my, you know, I had a couple of leadership positions when I was younger, but you know, my, I guess my more formal um, position of promotion of becoming a leader came when I was 20, uh, right at 20, was I 21 yet? Uh, yeah, about 21 years. Old. I worked at a youth detention center and uh, no, I was, no, I was still 20. I think I was getting ready to turn 21 that year. But anyway, I, yeah, that's, that's the right. Okay, here we go. I turned 20 in December of 85. And so May of 86, all right, never mind. Got it. I was 21. It was 87. Okay, here we go. So I worked at the youth detention center for a year in 86. And in 87, I was promoted to be the second shift supervisor. And in that process of, of getting that position, uh, you know, it was an honor. And um, I, you know, I literally was in charge of leading people that were old enough to be my parents. And so, uh, but, and again, what I did not recognize is that the making of my leadership was in those earlier or early stages of me becoming the leader that I am today. Now, what I did not know back then is how to have uh, a, a, a leadership growth plan. Okay. And so this is back in the eighties. I wasn't reading any books hardly at all. And so, you know, it was basically through trial and error. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I'm grateful because I can look back on those days now. And here's an amazing thought for you. I may want to teach on this one day. And that is lessons I've learned from the mistakes that I made. And I made a lot of mistakes in my earlier leadership uh, days as well, my journey. Uh, but at the same time, I can extract some principles from that time frame in my life that I know without a doubt um, can become somewhat of a, a learning curve or a, a teaching piece for us today. So for an example, one of my strengths as a leader back then was I was great at communicating, articulating, and talking with uh, the people I work with, uh, as well as the, the, the kids that we were supervising inside of that youth detention center. So the ability to communicate was strong for me. One of my weaknesses was the lack of organization, number one. Number two, the lack of having of uh, being more intentional on bringing the team together on a, re on a regular basis, okay? And so my whole point of this is that it's important to recognize your strengths and your weaknesses. Now, what I did, I had another guy who I actually went to high school with who was a part of my team, and he would help me to gather everyone together and we would have these meetings. But uh, as one of my team members, he was the person that would mainly help to, uh, again, bring everyone together right before we started our shift and we would talk about our game plan. And, I, and again, think about it, my friends. Uh, going back to the first definition, leadership is influence. Okay, and so even the model that I'm using currently today in my leadership position, and that is to recognize that you may be the leader, but don't forget about your team because, you know, again, you know, 
having more people on your team. In other, in other words, you know, one, you know, one is too, get this guy. Okay, here we go. One is too small of a number. One is too small of a number to achieve greatness. Write that one down because you and I need it as a leader. We need to understand that you have people on your team that are good in their strength zone. <laughs> okay. And when you know your own strengths and weaknesses, what you simply do is you find people who have a strength that you, where you don't have a strength and you bring them on, on your team and you, you, you use them. You, 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 um, you utilize them on your team because you need them as a leader. Okay. <laughs> and that was a lesson I did not understand back then. I kind of did it, you know, again, it kind of happened accidentally, <laughs> but we're taught. Oh, I just had a new thought. I just had a new thought. Intentional leadership. <laughs> okay. We'll come back to that one later, but how can I be more intentional in my leadership, okay? Um, Les McCoy said this, all good leaders possess a heightened sense of awareness, an ability to read situations in which they find themselves and act accordingly. Great leaders take this one step further they're not only aware, get this, but they're also self-aware. Oh, I love that. So point two would be to hold yourself accountable. Be aware of where you are as a leader. Another teaching piece, another thought on this particular point would be very simply, Reflect on your past leadership lessons. What would happen if you and I took the time to reflect not only on our past leadership lessons, but on top of that, what about the leadership lessons of others? <laughs> I have another story for you. There's a gentleman, and I've shared this before on another podcast, and I've shared it before in a, um, another teaching setting. There's a, a gentleman that I have not yet gotten a chance to um connect with to give him a humongous thank you. And I need to real, real bad. Um, he, he's older now and, and I'm, I'm just, I really need to find a way of contacting him to tell him thank you because this leader did something for me in 1985 that literally changed the course of my life. And, um, and I never got a chance to really tell him thank you. Uh, not that I'm aware of. And, and, and again, I want to give him that thank you now because over the past couple of years, I've been teaching about him and how this particular leadership um, decision that he made radically, again, it changed my life. Time out for a moment, my, my friends that are listening to me on leadership. Guess what? Think about that thought for a moment, how your next leadership decision, your next leadership choice could literally change the direction and the destiny of someone else's life. Please grab that. Please embrace that. Please know that who you are and, 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 and how you are made as a leader 
could really, really, listen, the exciting thing about your leadership, and, and again, if you're a parent or a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle, you are a leader. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. But do get this, some of the greatest impacts that you can make as a leader is to have people to follow you to something great. But on top of that, to leave a mark, to leave a mark in their lives that can never be erased. And that's what this particular leader did for me. Okay, so you're right. You're probably saying, okay, Steve, let's get to it. Well, what is, what's the story? Who is that leader? Let me introduce him to you. You know the story. My father was 61 years old when I was born. By the time I was 15 years old, he had Alzheimer's. I quit playing football uh, in order to work and to help out around the house. And uh, my father actually died four years later. And again, it wound up being on a Tuesday and graduation from high school was that Saturday. Well, that day, I'll never forget it, as long as I live. I came home from work and got I got a phone call from my family that he wasn't, my father wasn't doing well. And so I uh, got there. Sure enough, we could tell that he was in that final stage before he breathed his last breath. And uh, I was there by his bedside when he breathed his last breath. I um, was upset. I was angry. The thoughts were just rolling around in my mind. What do I do now? I have a test tomorrow in school. And that test, um, you know, because the good news, my GPA was pretty decent. <laughs> okay. But I had to take that test. If I hadn't, if I would have missed that test, automatically... There's no graduating from high school. Well, I had said I quit. And about 30 minutes after my father had passed, I was outside. I said, I'm done. I quit. I'm not going to school tomorrow. I'm, that thought in my mind about trying to go to school with my father's death was not connecting. So I'd already made my mind up completely. I'm done. Not going to school. I will I'll quit. And forget about graduation. It doesn't mean anything to me now. And Mr. Robert Lee, Robert Lee was our assistant principal. And um, Mr. Lee was about 6'3", 280 pounds, if I had to guess at it. Big man. I think in his previous life, he was a bouncer. <laughs> he played football as well. Mr. Lee came to our house, came to my house, African-American uh, man. He came to my house and I, to this day, I mean, you know, that was back in the 80s. And so <laughs> this is before GPS. I didn't know he knew how to get to my neighborhood, <laughs> but he came to my house, offered his condolences. And uh, he said to me, Dennis, I know I see you tomorrow. I said, no, 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 Mr. Lee. I'm not coming to school tomorrow. I quit. I'm done. I mean, I was trying to, I was talking bad to this big man. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh yeah, you'll be there. I said, no, sir. No, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and withdraw from school. He said, Dennis, your father just died. He said, what would he have wanted? He said, I believe your father would have wanted you to be in school tomorrow. So Dennis, again, I will see you tomorrow. And if I don't see you tomorrow, I will be at your house. I would bring you to school myself. Oh, my goodness, my friend. Guess what? That next day, 
I was at school. I went to school, took the test. That Saturday, I graduated, walked the stage. But I'm as sure as my name when I say to you that I had made up my mind I was going to quit. I mean I was going to quit. But this leader stepped into my life, cultivated in me on that day a future willingness to follow him into something new that was different for me. That was new territory for the sake of something great. And that's why I want to encourage you. Oh, I know that that story just, I know I'm, I'm, I'm pretending like I'm the audience right now. And that story just really touched me. In fact, a little emotional even sharing it. But I want to encourage you that um, that's the opportunity you and I have as leaders. We have that opportunity and we have the potential to lift the lids off of the lives of others and help them to become the leaders that they're meant to be. And again, that's why I said to you, I, I owe Mr. Lee a humongous thank you. So here we go. Let me share this with you and I'll be done. Uh, Reverend Theodore Hasberg said this, the very essence of leadership is that you have to have a vision. It's got to be a vision that you articulate clearly and forcefully on every occasion, especially in your personal life, as well as in the lives of those that you lead. You can't, I, I love this quote by Reverend Theodore. He says, you can't blow an uncertain trumpet. <laughs> you cannot blow an uncertain trumpet. Okay. So <laughs> I just love it because, um, again, having a vision. And my question to you today, what vision do you have for your leadership journey? When you recognize that um, you are, you know, the process of the making of a leader real quickly. What I did not know in my earlier years of the lessons I learned from mistakes I made is that I didn't recognize the importance of values and holding fast to my values and having been able to identify my values, which hindered me from having an effective vision for my life. And that's why I share with you today, this, again, the making of a leader, that how important it is that you and I, as, as Reverend Theodore uh, Hasberg said, that you, you have to have a vision. And, and, and it's got to be a vision that you can articulate clearly and forcefully on every occasion. And not just with your team of people, but also with your personal life. So what do you see? going forward what what are you feeling right now in relate in regards to a vision i was in a class the other day with um a, a group of people a mastermind group and i shared with about 12 people i said um you know where are you and where do you plan on being four or five years from now are you stuck in a a, a phase called regret which is constantly focusing on what you know the past and how things did not work out? Or are you constantly cycling in a, a stage called worrying? 
that is always highly, highly, highly concerned and worried over what's going on right now? Or do you have a vision for something bigger and something better? And let me share this definition with you as a leader on what a vision is. And I will be done with my time with you today on this particular episode. A vision. <laughs> and again, I, I love giving you, the, giving you this definition of a vision because, again, with my own life, it changed. My leadership life changed in a big way uh, when, I had a, when I created a new vision for my life. After my father's death, that also was very big for me 10 years later after my mom's death. Uh, it was big for me as a young parent after I got married at the age of 20 of how to how to cultivate and establish and to communicate and articulate a vision. And every time in my life I've had a major change, this definition for vision has always served me well. And I hope and trust from one leader to the next, to, from one leader to another leader, that this definition will serve and support your mission well as well. Here we go. Vision, what is it? Vision is a picture of your future that produces passion in the ears of the hearer. One more time. A vision is a picture of the future that produces passion in the ears of the listener. One more time. I'm tempted to make a song out of it. A vision is a picture that produces passion in the ears of the listener. And my friend, as you continue to lead, make application of that definition of vision. And know without a doubt yeah, leaders are born, but ultimately, today we're talking about the making of a leader. And I want to just encourage you and to um, admonish you to celebrate this reality. You may not be like me. You may not be the leader that you really want to be. You haven't gotten there yet. It's called the law of process. Leaders, leaders develop daily, not in one day. <laughs> okay. But let me admonish you to take time today to celebrate that you have been made into a leader. Thank you so very much. i see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to visit the website at www.steveadennis.com. You can follow on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast via Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify at stevedennis1.podbean.com. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next episode.